Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, worship team. Let's give them a round of applause. Thank you, worship team. Thank you, Brother Samuel, Brother Josue. Appreciate the worship and the music, using your talent to glorify our God. He is worthy of that, and it is great to be in a church where uh, we take time to worship corporately and worship together, and uh, so that is great. Well, uh, it is my privilege this morning to be able to uh, share uh, the preaching of the Word of God, and I appreciate Pastor giving uh, me that opportunity today. Uh, I am not here because I am worthy. I am here because God is gracious and favorable, and he has been so good in so many ways, and so I thank God for the great privilege that it is uh, to preach the Word of God and to be here at Bethany Baptist Church, and we're so glad that you're here. Take time out of your Sunday to come and be with us here in this English service, and we're thankful that you're here. If you would go with me to Luke chapter 19, Luke 19, I want to share with you a version of a message that I preached a few Sundays back in Spanish, and uh, Luke 19 is where we find the text that we will be studying, and uh, I, I really just drew, uh, a, just a, a bless my life, bless uh, studying this, and uh, I trust that it will be an encouragement to you, something that you can uh, learn and glean from, and something that I believe is very pivotal to our time uh, here in the, in, in, in the day and age we're living in. Uh, the book of Luke is a unique book, um, written probably some 35 years after Jesus walked the face of the earth. Um, uh, Dr. Luke, who, who was a doctor uh, and uh, a physician, um, taking uh, interviews, um, personal accounts of those that were there in these moments with the life of Christ, and putting them to paper. And um, if you study uh, what's, what is the four Gospels, uh, you'll find um, many times that each one of the Gospel writers uh, takes a different approach and kind of a different audience, uh, though many of the stories and many of the reality accounts uh, that are given are very similar. Each one has a different uh, approach to it. And so uh, Luke is uh, an approach that is speaking to the greater Gentile um, uh, congregation, the greater Gentile audience. Audience, and of which you and I are part of that, right? We're non-Jews. And uh, he presents Jesus as being a very uh, a human, the human side of Jesus. And, and so that's what we find in the book of Luke. A lot of the stories reveal that part of Jesus. And, and this one is not uh, too, uh, it, it lines up with that reality in Luke 19. A lot has taken place so far in the life of Christ. And here we are about to enter three chapters that will encapsulate the last week of the the life of Jesus here on this earth. And so that is what's about to come. And, uh, and then there, here he is uh, kind of uh, right on the heels of a triumphal entry, uh, the scene of him riding in on the donkey. A lot of that's taken place here in the verses before the, the verses that we'll be looking at. And so that's the context that we're in. Um, the Pharisees, that some of them that were even following Jesus just because, you know, they were there trying him, testing him, things like that. In fact, a few verses before, they were very concerned that Jesus' disciples, um, after the triumphant entry on the donkey and all that, they were causing too much of a ruckus, too much noise. And the reason that would be a problem is because, obviously, the governor, the leaders of the region, uh, they take very seriously somebody who's trying to become the new ruler. 
And so the Pharisees being attached and being in the presence of this kind of stuff thought, man, if, if the leaders find this out, we could either be in prison or we could be killed. Um, so in fact, a few verses before they tell Jesus, Jesus, can you please tell your disciples to keep it down? And that which Jesus responds and says, well, if they keep it down, the rocks will cry out to glorify me. Again, the Pharisees not understanding who Jesus truly was. And uh, so that's kind of the context that we're leading up to. Well, he has, uh, is descending down from the Mount of Olives. And um, if you've ever been, obviously in the valley, this is a very hard context for us to understand. Have you ever been in a place where either it is either hilly or somewhat mountainous type of region? Um, the road is never straight, right? It's a, it's, a, it's a winding road. And so as you're coming down from the Mount of Olives towards Jerusalem, uh, the windy road takes you down the path. And so more than likely, uh, the uh, uh, people who study this say, more than likely Jesus is following that path. And he's coming across one of he's coming around one of the bends, and before him would be the city of Jerusalem, the Temple Mount that is some hundred feet above the elevation of the city. He's coming down from the Mount of Olives that's somewhat three hundred feet or more above the city. So he's able to come to an area where he's overseeing the city of Jerusalem. That historic, important, pivotal city of Jerusalem. And I want to read for you one of the authors that wrote the, uh, uh, something that I believe just kind of puts into uh, the equation of what's taking place here. I thought it was so good as I read this. Across the valley of the Cedron lay the city of Jerusalem with its temple roof glistening in the light of the setting sun. The streets were moderately quiet for the hush of the evening was setting upon the homesteads. Yet on the overlooking hill, things were different. A crowd followed Jesus. But the cries of enthusiasm, which 10 minutes earlier had echoed into the valley, were now hushed. The people were watching him, and even the disciples were a little bewildered. They had commenced this journey to the city with eager expectation of great things to come, but now they were apprehensive. Why? What happened? What's going on? Well, you know, again, he has this triumphal entry. He's riding in on the donkey. They believe this is the coronation. His followers believe, his closest followers believe, this is the leading, leading up to the great rebellion, the great revolution. We're going to overthrow the invaders. Here it comes. The great kingdom is at hand, and we're ready to do this. We're going to storm the gates. This is revolution. Here it comes. But Jesus has a completely different reaction than what they understand or what they seem to think the moment calls for. And so we find ourselves in Luke chapter 19, and we come up to verse 41. And it says this, I'm going to read out of the King James, because I know that's kind of what, where we're all at. It says, and when he was come near, he beheld the city and wept over it. Here he is, he's coming off of the moment of the great coronation, the entry, uh, the casting of the palms, the, all the things that are happening, what, what seemed to be the triumphant uh, uh, rebellion rising up to be able to bring in his kingdom, and instead he breaks down. And many scholars say uh, the wording here is such that it wasn't a couple whimpers and a few tears. It was more of an utter breakdown and an utter just crying and crumbling in agony. What is going on? What is taking place? The disciples are clearly confused. His followers clearly don't understand what is going on. Nothing seems to make sense. And verse 42 says, saying, if thou hadst known, 
even thou, at least in this thy day, the things which belong unto thy peace, but now they are hid from thine eyes. For the day shall come upon thee, that thine enemies shall cast a trench about thee, and come past thee round about, and keep thee on every, on, on every, in on every side, and shall lay thee even with the ground, and thy children within thee, and they shall not leave in thee one stone upon another, because thou knewest not the time of thy visitation. If thou hadst known, I label this or title this message of thou hadst known. In Luke 19, Jesus uh, humanly has an emotional response. It is a, definitely a spiritual response because um, as a great seer, uh, even though he was in his human body, obviously Jesus did not uh, 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 detach himself from uh, the, the spiritual reality of being God in the flesh. And so uh, being able with his spiritual time-traveling vision, at that moment when he comes across, when he comes around that bend in that uh, walk path or that road, he sees Jerusalem and he knows. He knows what's waiting for it. He knows what lay, lies ahead for that city. And in that weeping and in that crying, there's great, great agony. And there's great sense of feeling of sadness for what has taken place and what will take place. You see, Jesus at this point had been in that city and among the, 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 the nation of Israel for some time now, preaching and teaching and preaching and teaching. And though he had many followers, he had few true fans, true few disciples. And so we find here that Jesus is at a moment in which he is expressing that. And he uses the phrase, if thou hadst known. If thou hadst known. And I believe it applies very much to our day and age and to our life and to our time right this second. And I want to take just the next few minutes to drive home what I believe Jesus truly wished that Jerusalem would have known. And the reason that he, through the Spirit of, uh, through the Holy Spirit, inspired Luke to leave these, these words recorded is because he wanted you and I, here on the last Sunday of October of the year 2022, to also pause and to consider, oh, if we had only known. And I want to encourage us in the moments that I have together in these aspects of things that I think Jesus wished that Jerusalem would have known and that we would have known. Let's pray and ask for God's help. Father, first of all, Father, I thank you for your forgiveness on my life. Thank you for your salvation so great and free. Father, truly, as we sang in that first song, there is no song we could sing that would truly be able to encapsulate the weight of your, of your worthiness, of your greatness. And so, Father, we come before you, Father, broken, in great need, having probably failed you many times this week, but looking and searching for you and asking for your guidance. I pray for every one of my brothers and sisters in this room, every person in this audience, Lord, that you would open our hearts, open our minds, and that your word, with your spirit's help, would be applied to every one of our lives, and that it would make a difference as we Enter this new week. May you guide us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Man, you ever made those mistakes? You ever done those things that 
You know, you do something and you're like, man, I wish I had not done that. Those moments in which you're just like that immediate regret. Oh, man, there, there are many, countless in my life. Uh, there are some things that are like that. There are other things that you look back on, right? Uh, maybe a decision for those of us that are older in the crowd today, some decisions you made in your teenage years. Maybe, maybe uh, for you uh, teenagers, high, uh, students at this point, maybe it's just something that uh, a decision you made, uh, you know, whether it be a wardrobe, whether it be a, uh, a decision you made about going uh, to this activity or not going to that activity. And that mentality, that phrase is known to us. Man, if I had only known, if I had only known. I wouldn't have done this, or I would have done that, if I'd only known. And here that word is expressed by Jesus as he uh, uh, weeps and cries for Jerusalem. As he weeps and cries, not for the building, not for the city, though he, he labels uh, and he spells out what's going to happen, but he is crying for the souls of Jerusalem. He is crying for the souls because he knows what it means to them that in this moment there are days left until he will be crucified and then there are days left until his presence will leave this earth and there were days left before all that God had told uh, Jerusalem and the nation of Israel was going to happen because they were going to crucify the Messiah who was going to come to pass. He knew, but they did not. They did not realize the times. They did not take into account. They were not aware of the times. In uh, New Living Translation, verse 42 says this, How I wish today that you of all people would understand the way to peace. See, Jesus, uh, though he loves the world, Israel had a special place and has a special place in God's heart. But he loves the world and how it broke, humanly speaking, Jesus' heart to know that his uh, Israelite nation, his, uh, the Jewish people were going to reject that Messiah once and for all as they nailed him to the cross, as they cheered to free Barabbas and to take the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the Savior, Messiah, the promised Son of God. And as they nailed him to a cross, he knew what was about to take place and it broke his heart. If they had only known, if they had only known, first and foremost, the person of Christ, when he talks about there, the things which belong unto thy peace, um, in the New Living Translation, it says, it says uh, in, in, in verse 42, understand the way to peace. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Listen, what they needed to understand was the person of Jesus Christ. What you and I, what Jesus, uh, through uh, his uh, vision, uh, uh, his seeing, eternal perspective, he was crying not just for Jerusalem in that moment, but for you and for I and for our nation and for our world and for our generation that was going to be ignorant of the person of Christ. Why? Well, because the person of Christ represents full and complete compassion, mercy, and forgiveness. 
what this world ultimately craves, what this world ultimately needs. He knew that as Jerusalem sat there and wrestled with uh, this uh, Jewish tradition and this Jewish practice and this Jewish religiosity, as, 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 uh, as the Romans tried to impose with their power and their strength and their army and their might, all these things trying to bring about all that this world could, be, uh, could become in their vision, he knew that it would ultimately leave them empty and void and destructive and destroyed and that only Jesus could heal and bring them back together and could complete them and it's same true for you and for I today in the year 2022 it's the same for you and I and Jesus knew that it was the person of Christ it was he himself that they should have known Jesus Christ the one that could shed and that would shed his blood in their place, that was willing to take their mockery, their shame, their guilt, their sin upon himself if they had known the person of Christ. Oh, we live in a world that is desperate to find peace. And many seek for it in fame, in fortune, in security. Many people seek for it in many other chat ways. But peace is only found in Jesus Christ. There's that play on word in the bumper sticker world that has no Jesus, no peace. K-N-O-W, K-N-O-W. No Jesus, no peace. N-O, Jesus, N-O, peace. The reality of that continues to be driven home. That Jesus knew that Jerusalem from that moment on would never find peace until the Messiah once again came to be placed in his proper place. And until the Jewish nation and Israel turned to him once again, there would never be peace. And up to this point, 2,000 years later, it continues to be the case. There is no peace because they rejected Jesus. And dear friend, you and I will not find peace in this life. Until we give Jesus his place. Oh, if we had only known. If thou hadst known the person of Christ, his peace. Here he is in this moment and he's calling upon Jerusalem. He's calling upon the great nation of Israel to understand the day. To understand the person that's, that's walking into that city gate that day. To realize that the way to peace, the way to happiness, the way to forgiveness, the way to compassion is through Jesus Christ himself. That was the day to act. That was the moment to act. But he broke down and wept because he knew they wouldn't. And though we cannot time travel 2,000 years from now to try and convince Jerusalem to understand that, we can ask ourselves, do we understand that today on this Sunday afternoon? Do we give Jesus the room? Do we understand who he is and the place that he should have in our lives? If thou hadst known the person of Christ, if thou hadst known the payment of sin, the payment of sin. Oh, we find there in the verses that go on, verse 43 says, For the day shall come upon thee that thine enemies shall cast a trench about thee and compass thee round and keep thee on every side. 
and shall lay thee even in the ground and thy children with thee. Oh, the payment of sin. Oh, they did not understand that in that moment, in rejecting Christ, in rejecting the Messiah, they were rejecting uh, the way in which their sins could be forgiven, in which the payment of their sin could not be upon them, in which uh, the, 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 the payment of the decisions they were making, making could be taken from them and placed upon Christ. They would have realized in that moment that the payment of their sin didn't have to be upon them. Jesus could have stopped that army from invading. Jesus could have stopped them from having that generational curse upon them. And dear friend today, can I tell you, though we cannot go 2,000 years into the past, though we cannot climb into a time-traveling machine and go and convince Jerusalem that, oh, they can avoid themselves this heartache if they just understand that the payment of sin does not have to be upon them if they turn to Christ and give Him room, I can tell you that this moment you and I can have that same decision and every morning when we wake up and we look in that mirror we have a decision to make and to decide are we going to live out the our own consequences of our sin are we going to take the payment of our sin upon ourselves or are we going to turn to christ and allow him to realize that the full payment of our sin was placed upon him and give our lives totally and completely to him Can we avoid generational curses by turning to Christ and saying, we understand who you are. Lord, we in our own minds cannot know, but through your spirit and through your word, we want to know you and understand the times. Father, help us to understand the times. I believe wholeheartedly that Jesus wants us to know and to understand the payment of sin Payment of sin will always go more and further than we can imagine. Payment of sin is total and without escape. You see, even here, Jesus with ultimate love. Why is he crying? Why is he so broken? He ultimately loves these people, but in the end, it was their choice that will take them to the destruction of their city and the destruction of their nation and the suffering. And can I tell you, dear friend, there are many people that today say, well, if God is loving and good, why Why do you believe in such a place as hell? Well, because God is just, and, and he came to make sure that nobody goes to that place. He, he came so that make sure that nobody has to pay for their own sin but God is also just and when we reject that payment when we reject that truth when we deny who Christ was then there is absolutely no failure in the fact that there is payment for sin and it is without escape and it is much more than you and I can imagine and it will affect us and it can affect our children and generations to come Oh, if thou hadst known, if thou hadst known the person of Christ, if thou hadst known the payment of sin, if thou hadst known, if thou hadst known the possibility, the possibility. It says in verse 44, and shall lay thee even with the the ground and thy children within thee, and they shall not leave in thee one stone upon another, because thou knewest not the time of of thy visitation. This is only one, uh, two of the three times that this phrase is mentioned in the New Testament. It's the same word that we find at the very beginning. It's the same phrase that is used, if thou hadst known. Here, it's because thou knewest not the time. It's the same phrase. And here, 
what, what the author is trying to dictate, what the author is trying to convey is to say Jesus wanted them to know there was possibilities, there were potential, there was opportunity to change the outcome. Dear friend, we once again cannot time travel 2,000 years. But here on the 30th of October 2022, we can decide for ourselves, for our family, for our future to say, I will not ignore the possibility that Jesus is laying out before me. I don't want to go on another day, another week, being ignorant of what he is trying to do. And dear friend, this morning, God, through the Spirit, is showing us in his word because thou knewest not the time of thy visitation. You know, it is no accident that we are here this morning. It's not happenstance. It's not just so happened. No, God brought us to this moment because he wants us to be aware. Why do we come to church? Why do we do the exercise of these things? So that we can raise and grow in our awareness and our understanding through the help and the guidance of the Holy Spirit so that we can avoid the failures and that we can avoid uh, the crashing of our lives because we give room to sin, because we don't understand and we are ignorant of what God and Christ is trying to do. We ignore the possibility of the great designer. Oh, Jesus here weeps for Jerusalem. Why? Could the story have been different? Maybe. If Jerusalem at this moment says, no, we understand you are the great Messiah. We understand you truly are the Son of God. Look at what you've done. Look at the works of miracles. Look at the, 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 the lame that you have made to walk again. Look at the blind that see. And look at the food that was given. Look at what you have done. Look at how you answered. Look at the certainty. You know what? You really are the Messiah. Oh, there might have been a different outcome. Sometimes we look at that and we feel regret. And yet here we are making the same choices ourselves today. Here we are with the same opportunity ahead of us. That same great designer here meets with you and I here in his presence every single day. And we don't understand the times of his visitation. We fly out the door onto our busy lives and there he sits waiting for a few minutes of our attention. Where he could change things in our lives and our realities and our circumstances. Where he can meet the needs that we greatly have. If thou hadst known, because thou knewest not the time of thy visitation. Oh, dear friend, can I encourage you today? There is hope. There is opportunity. God can do something in our lives. We've made a mess of ourselves, and I join in that reality. I, I join with you in saying that. We've made a mess of ourselves. Jesus wasn't here because he looked at a perfect Jerusalem that was about to make a mistake. No, he was here looking at a Jerusalem that had made lots of mistakes and was in complete disarray. And yet he still came to them with love and compassion, caring. Can I tell you, dear friend, on this side of your last breath, there is an opportunity to change. 
there's an opportunity to surrender to the will of God. To look and to understand the time. To understand or to know, oh, if thou hadst known, may we say, yeah, we did know. We woke up in time. We realized. We opened our eyes. Can I tell you that the next, uh, the, the next 23 books of the Bible are filled with people that understood and took advantage of the time. And God did great things. And that early church arose out of the ashes of Jerusalem. And God was able to take the good news of the gospel that Jesus had come and died for the sins of the world. And that spread throughout all the world. And 12 men turned the world upside down because they did understand the moment of his visitation. You and I cannot make the decision for our coworker, for our neighbor, for our spouse, for our children. We can make the decision for ourselves. To open our eyes, to be alert, to be awake to the reality of the time of his visitation. Oh, if thou hadst known. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for your truth today. We thank you for your word. Pray, Father, that you would just take something of what your scripture, your word teaches and apply it to every heart. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would be with every listener. I don't know what's going on in their lives. I know what's going on in my life. I pray, Lord, that we would be awakened and realize this reality. This author, as he thinks and ponders on this section of scripture, wrote this poem. The son of God in tears, the one, the wandering angels see. Be thou astonished, O my soul, he shed those tears for thee. Can I tell you, dear friend, Jesus did not just cry for Jerusalem that day. On that hillside, you and I were represented there. And he doesn't want to see us stay in the mess that we've made of our lives. He doesn't want to see us continue on in the path that we are on. And he comes to us this morning and says, this is your chance. Make a change. Turn away. Decide that that's not going to be the path forward. Come before me. Humble yourself before me. Allow me to do in you what only I can do. Understand the times of my visitation. Father, we love you. Thank you for this grace and your goodness on our lives. I pray, Lord, that something of what you have shared in the hearts of each one of these listeners will make a difference this week. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.